Welcome to Pushing Through. It is Friday, June 26, 2020. I am Tate Frazier, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, BJ Armstrong. BJ, another Friday in L.A. That's how we started this podcast, and here we are. Another Friday. Things are changing all the time, but it's good to see you, and I'm excited to chat about what's going on in the world. Yeah, you know, we've been uh, chatting the last few weeks about this... uh potential possibility look like it's going to be a reality now of guys coming back to play down in Orlando so um, now that it's here let's you and I try to find and bring some energy you know we always like to say around here if you're in water you make, make waves. waves you gotta so make waves so let's, let's make some it. waves right now at the top you know the, the coronavirus test coming out we got 16 players that have tested positive I feel like we've talked about this ad nauseum it, it is going to happen we've seen that the basketball will go forth unless anything uh, major happens but I want to talk about what's going on in the world outside of that BJ because uh, you and I we, we are uh, you know we talked about Star Wars on this podcast we talked about hip-hop on this podcast we talked about music on this podcast and you and I are both you know, hip-hop heads at some... You you are for certain a hip-hop head. Mike Midas, our producer, is for certain a hip-hop head. And in these times, uh, you know, you want to turn to music, right? To, to, to try to get you somewhere nice, to get you an escape. What What's going on with you, BJ? What are you listening to to get you an escape in, in this wild world we live in today? Man, that, that's, that's a great question. I've been listening to a little P.E., my man mm. Chuck D. Uh, <laughs> he came out with a little something... Uh, you know, a little J. Cole, a little no name. Ooh, a little no name. You know, I'm, I'm all over the board right now. And uh, my guy Sky Zoo came out with something. So, you know, all these underground uh, artists that I, I tend to follow here mm. and uh, that I love. So, you know, just staying sharp, you know, just listening out here to a little music. You know, of course. You know, always got to throw in a little declaim in there. Ooh. You know, a little Mad Lib, <laughs> little Pete Rock. <laughs> you know, just a little this and a little that. Yeah, and uh, if you kind of go through, you know, the list of people that you're going there. I mean, in the hip hop, right? The, the space itself. J Cole comes out with the song "Snow in the Bluff." You know, a lot of people were excited to see, you know, Cole come in and commentate on what's going on in the world. Uh, people then took that maybe as a shot. You know, we got a little beef in hip-hop, so No Name comes back and drops a little track saying we, we got things to talk about. And, uh, you know, I, I had a great conversation about this, and, and that was the whole point, right? You know, J. Cole and No Name, they're having a conversation through hip-hop. Hip-hop has always been, uh, you know, a medium to be able to have conversations uh, like this about what's going on in the world. And like you mentioned, Chuck D. I mean, this is this is what we've been seeing since the 80s. You know, we saw it before with Marvin Gaye. What's going on? You know, th- this is what music is for, uh, for times like this. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that we get some more good music that comes out. We, we know that, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, the, the futures of the world and all those guys that are coming. Drake's of the world that would drop albums. But I need like a Talib Kweli album or like a Most Def album or maybe like an old. Yeah. Kanye album to come back maybe yeah we need a we need a we need a little bit of that you know we need a, to, to balance the equation but you know my guy Pharaoh Munch featuring uh Styles P came out with a little something so they're wetting the appetite here you know you just got to search a little bit but we don't have the 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 the, the big album that everyone uh you know is waiting or anticipating mm-hmm. but we got a lot of good music that's out here a lot of artists that are out so um I'm, I'm good as far as the music 
Yeah, one one song I have to point out, BJ, that I think you need to listen to is from the younger guys. They're Dreamville guys, though. I'm a big fans of them, Earth Gang, and uh, they came oh, out right. with a song called "End of Times." And uh, I feel like at times, as we continue to try to figure out what uh, sports will look like in the future and what another day will look like uh, in our own personal lives, you know what I mean? You listen to a song like that. It's a little satirical, but, you know, maybe it's the end of the times as we know it. And maybe we have better times ahead. That's the way to look at it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, we we definitely looking for anything uh, positive to to hold on to right now. And uh, I always revert back to the music. So, you know, music has always been very therapeutic for me and, and a lot of other people as well. So, uh, you know, nothing like a good song, good music to kind of, you know, put you in the right frame or the right mind or stir up the, the emotions or feelings that you're, that you're, that you're going through. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, keep the good music coming. Yeah, the good music. And you mentioned good music. When I hear good music, one name comes to mind and it's Kanye West. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, BJ, but Kanye West and Gap, the Gap, yes, the Gap, they are coming out with the fashion line. And uh, as we talk about hip hop and we talk about, you know, the transition of hip hop artists, I, I remember, you know, in 2012, I believe Kanye West said to the world, I'm going to be a fashion designer. And, uh, you know, people <laughs> maybe left him out of the room or, you know, disregarded or whatever. And then, you know, however many years later, this man is uh, now a fashion mogul. He's at his own line with Adidas, obviously. And now he's at like, The Gap. And uh, I, I just feel like that's something that is not only impressive, but it's one thing to say something. It's another thing to do something. And I, I wanted to shout that out as well. Yeah. You know, Kanye is, uh, you know, Chicago's finest. And uh, he's it's made a, a certain impact on, on the culture, on the business. And, uh, you know, you know, Ye is doing his thing. So, you know, we got to, you know, give him a shout out here on uh, pushing through. And uh, he'll continue to do great things. So now he's with Adidas, and uh, we never know what the future lies for a man like Kanye West. Yeah, I never thought I would see the the, the perfect blue Gap logo with Y Z Y. You know, or what was it? What, what did he have on there? Yeezy, right? That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do your thing, Yeezy. <laughs> I, I, I like the logo too. It's very simple. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's class. It was just like it. It looks like he just took over the game. It's like a uh, Andy Warhol. You know what I mean? Like uh, taking like the Campbell soup can. It's just like basic, but it's tight. It's like its own little thing. Yeah, I like it though. I, I really like that. I like, yeah, I like the uh, Yeezy. Okay. When did when was this announced today? Just this was this was today. He put it out. Yeah, he was like, this is the new brand. Like I'm with the Gap. We're about to make clothes. Uh, new Yeezy. New Yeezy season. Yeah, yeah. What West Day ever was the hashtag? West Day ever. Is that bars? That's the question. <laughs> hey, man, this dude, I, I got to give it to him, man. I, I got to give it to him. Hey, you know what? I, I, I got to give it to him. I love it. I love it. And we got other basketball going on in the world, BJ, right? We got, we know we got the, the Euro League is figuring it out. We, you know, there, there's some other clients out in the world and people that have kind of gone through this process, you know, in New Zealand and Australia, they've had less cases. So I'm sure that, you know, right. basketball over there will pick back up. Is there, I mean, is there any sort of, I mean, this may be, is there a fear, not even a fear, but is there a rightful idea right in the basketball world? If the basketball gods have basketball going on and the NBA is not playing, then maybe you know some of the attention may go to the Australian League or the Euro League, and they may get more traction from American audiences. Is that something that could happen as well? You know, one of the things I heard uh, again, I you know, I, I and I, I'm not sure. One of the things I've heard was uh, I, I guess they got a great result over in uh, Germany. Um, mm-hmm. I think they just concluded their season there, and there weren't any new cases uh, from at least that's my understanding. Um, that when they came back to play, there weren't any new cases. So 
Um, but I know in Germany they've done a you know a terrific job in in in, in trying to you know, really, you know, get a hold of everything that's going on. And um, so if there is a silver lining, I guess that's one of the positive things I've heard. There weren't any new cases that they came back and played uh, doing as they concluded their season. And have you had any, I mean, I know there's been some guys that had COVID that are already playing back in the Euro League, and there there haven't been any sort of concerns with that as well. I mean, they, they did the quarantine process. I know we had Pooh Jetter came on the show, who's down in the CBA, and they're they're still doing their thing, trying to figure all that out. But with, with guys that have had it, contracted it, and played, has there been some success stories, or has there been any concerns? Or I mean, you don't have to name names, but has there been anything that come out of that? Well, it, you know, it's it's kind of ongoing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think everyone is kind of taking a wait and see approach. You know, no one wants to say this is what we did. You know, everyone is kind of gathering the information. <laughs> so um, in Europe, the, you know, the teams are playing, I think, here in Germany, um, at least to my knowledge. I mean, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know if it's conclusive or not, but, um, you know, I think everyone is kind of seeing a wait and see approach because, um you know, the science is overwhelming, you know, like we have to wear the mask. We're going to have to try to, you know, quarantine and do all of those things, social distancing, physical distancing and all of those things. So we're just kind of waiting to see. But you can see the spike that has occurred here recently. So it's a, a great concern because everyone is concerned and, uh, um, you know, as they should be, because, you know, we have families and these players that we're talking about here in, in the NBA and whatever sport. Everyone has families and concerns, and um, as they should be, and, 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 and you never know. But we do know the effects of COVID-19 can be, uh, you know, it can be traumatic. So, you know, let's, let, let's just, you know, proceed with caution here. Yeah, and I want to get to, you know, this is all the stuff that we've talked about, you know, ancillary, and that, that is that is the, the safety aspect of it. I want to ask about the gameplay aspect of it, BJ. If you're a basketball player, and I just saw the MLB's rules, and, you know, the MLB says a pitcher cannot lick their fingers, right, uh, during this <laughs> period of time. So they got to wipe their hand with a rag. And then in the NBA, guys are going to put their shoes on at, at the bench. They're going to come in with mats, like all these different things. And I'm a superstitious guy. You know, I'm from the South. You know, I knock on wood three times. And when I played any sport, I had little, you know, things that I would do before, whatever it may be. As a basketball player, is there any chance that these little things and rules and the preparation is so different that it could affect you mentally in some way in the way you play? Because I I know that it would for me just being a superstitious person. Well, yeah, I I would think, you know, um, when I played, I I had a, a, you know, I played with a mouthpiece. So then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden... You know, I would constantly, you know, take my mouthpiece out or I would chew on it and or do those things. That's so now, where Steph Curry got that it something, from. That, that, is that, that something that was... like you don't do now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I immediately I think of things like Steph Curry. Like, does he chew on his mouthpiece now? Does he take it out with his hand or does he put gloves on now or or what have you? I, I don't know. You know, these are questions that you got to, you know, suddenly now it's these are these are real questions. Um, You know, um you know, these are little things. And there are a lot of players who wear mouthpieces, how they will take those mouthpieces out. Where do, where do they put them now once they come out of the game, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I would put mine in my sock. But now all of a sudden, <laughs> you, I don't think I'll be, you would be doing that now, right? And uh, so, you know, what happens if it falls on the floor? Um, you know, there's like little things um, that that go on during the course of a game, I think is going to have to be, be changed. So, um but, you know, how do you get to the game, right? Do you, you, you can't sit on the bus, right? There's, is, you know, you, 
when I say sit on the bus, you know, everyone, if you're going to have social distancing, like, you know, you, you're going to sit next to people. You can't sit behind people or were they going to bring every, every player is going to have his own personal shuttle. I think, yeah. Personal shuttle to go to the game to and from the game. Uh, and what, what does that do mentally, right? If you're not yeah, with your teammates, like, how, how do you have you, a, like? Yeah. How are you going to have a pregame, right? Like, how <laughs> what's the pregame routine going to look like? <laughs> you exactly. know, because everyone's going to be in the room. I don't know, you know, like, you know, these are like questions that you know. I think now it's a it's a new, you know, maybe we have uh, everyone has iPads and we just we're we're in remote locations to talk about the game plan, you know. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I mean, these are. These are questions now that we're going to have to uh, figure out. And I guess I guess the NBA and these teams will will figure it out as they go along. I just know that human beings are habitual creatures. And I know that when you do something that you've done for a long time, you, you have ticks, like you're saying, with your mouthpiece or, or whatever it may be. If you're, if you're a pitcher, you may lick your, you know, your index finger before you throw a curveball, whatever it may be. And if those things are habitual and you do it on accident habitually – is there going to be like this moment where we all freeze, you know, and then they stop the game? Like, it, like I remember with, with blood, you know, when, when Magic came back, it was like we have to stop the game and deal with blood. Like, is that right. what's going to happen if we have a mouthpiece fall on the floor or if someone accidentally, you know, spit gets on someone else? I mean, the, sneezes. Like, I mean, right. there's so many different – like, I, I just want to know what the, 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 the code is. You know, like what's going to happen? Is there like a, a hazmat team that's going to come in and like, you know, spray people off? I mean, it just uh, yeah, I mean, it okay, I, You know, like you, you, how many times have you done this? I'm sure you've done this a million times as well. Take like, you know, you're at the free throw line and you know, you're in like your hands are dry and you just kind of want to wipe your hands off to, you know, make sure you get that nice yeah. moisture on your hands. So you got a good, so all of a sudden now when this person wipes their sweat on the ball, what are you doing? Are you go, oh, I'm not touching the ball now, or what, what's going on? You because know, in like, baseball, they're getting new balls. Like they're, yeah, they're going to yeah. clean the ball. They're going to throw the balls away and give them new balls. I mean, how many yeah. baseballs does the MLB have? I mean, that seems like a, that will be a deficit. Like, and who yeah, is going to be? Mean, I, mean, I mean, I mean, it's just like you know, I I don't know, and. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to point out the gameplay of it because I feel like you and I, as we talk about the safety, it's a very serious conversation, right? I mean, obviously we want everyone to be safe, but when you just think about it logistically playing a game, because at the end of the day, these are all games, you know, these are all games that we play and we love, but when you're playing a game and you've done it a certain way for so long, to me, it it seems a a little uh, outrageous to think that we can put in these rules to say, you can't, you know, do this thing. You can't wipe sweat on someone else. You can't, you know, warm up 30 minutes before you got to clear out. I mean, whatever it may be, but there's little ticks and tendencies to everyone and everyone's individual. And it just seems like we could either have some crazy, weird basketball games where some people were just off because they couldn't do their routine. You know, I mean, that, that, could, that could happen. A shooter could just be airmailing, you know, and just be like, I don't know what's going on. And they're just completely off. Like Chris Middleton may be off one game because he's like, I couldn't do my ritual. Well, well, Tate, you know, since we're going to start the game now, what is the, la- what is the new layup line look like? <laughs> oh yeah. Cause we can't, everyone has their own basketball. I think everyone has their own basketball. <laughs> what, they lay it up and the catch new, it. And what is the new back. layup line? What, what's the, what's the new, what's the new warm up routine? You know, the, the, the layup line, like, you, you know, I, I don't, these are things Tate now we're going to, you know what? I, I'm kind of interested in that. What is the new layup line? Well, we should, we should, we should, we should, we should create the new layup line as we speak. Yeah, I think it's a the pace and space layup line. Everyone just sits around the three point line and they just take threes. It's <laughs> it's every fundamental basketball person's nightmare. It's just everyone shooting threes. Uh, th- that is good for the era of basketball, right? We do have pace and space, so maybe we can keep some distance on the court. I do think that the the whole conversation is 
is wild when it comes down to the actual basketball itself. I think it'll be interesting. I, I hope that it, we can see it, and I hope it'll be uh, an enjoyable form of the game. And I think it may be a more human version of the game of basketball. We see NBA basketball at such a high level. We may see some you know things we've never seen, some, some uncharacteristic passes that go into the crowd you know what I mean some some timing that is off because we can't expect these guys to come in and be in tip-top perfect performance when they've been quarantining like the rest of us yeah yeah they you know some of these people you know they they they, they must know something we don't know I, <laughs> I I I I've given up on trying to figure this one out I'm just gonna say let's let's see how it looks let's see how it goes <laughs> And uh, I'm hoping for the best as, um, you know, it looks like, um, you know, the teams and all of these leagues are moving forward. So we'll see how it plays out and, um, you know, and we'll see and, and deal. Yeah, and we want to point out Jokic is one of the guys that we were very excited about, and, and he's obviously contracted COVID-19, so we're, we're pulling for him to get healthy and back and better, and uh, hopefully we can see him in the bubble if the bubble does happen. Um, and uh, that's one thing I want to shout out. Then one last thing, BJ, uh, Vince Carter, 22 years in the NBA, uh, a guy that played in four yes. different decades, a guy that played when you played in the NBA. He has now officially played his last game in ba of basketball in the NBA at the professional level, played with eight different teams. You know, his career high is 51 points, half man, half amazing. Uh, the, the Air Canada, so many different iterations of Vince Carter, uh, a man that decided before game seven he would go graduate from North Carolina, setting a precedent that school comes first to him, then goes back and plays in game seven against AI and the Sixers. Um, the, there's so many stories about Vince Carter, but is there anything that you remember from Vince uh, with your playing days with him? Did you say 22 years? Is that what you said? 22. Wow. My, my, my knees hurt just thinking about that. Um, <laughs> you know, Vince had, a, had, you know, this very, you know, it wasn't unusual, but, you know, it was unusual in this sense. He came in with these tremendous accolades of being the next, right? How many times have we heard the next? Mm -hmm. And somehow, some way, you know, as an athlete, it got lost that he was a really good basketball player mm -hmm. because everyone was just so used to seeing him running and jumping and dunking. And, and um, I remember watching him play and hearing the stories. They were like, you know, he's the only guy, something, how, how did the story go in North Carolina? He's the, he's the only guy that came into uh, the Dean dome and jumped up and, and, and was taking the, uh, the retired jerseys out of the rafters. They say he jumped so high, you know, something, something to that. But the thing about Vince is that he had an incredible career and he was like this guy who was very athletic, but he was like a, a, a terrific jump shooter and a very skilled player played 22 years. And um, I know I have a short memory, but I can't recall ever getting dunked on by Vince Carter. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't recall that. Uh, but he dunked on, he had some in incredible highlights, you know, that, that I remember watching that uh, dunk contest in San Francisco mm -hmm. or Oakland at yep. the time. And uh, just that forever, I will always remember it's over, you know, he, <laughs> after the first dunk, he said it's over. And, you know, Vince was, uh, had a great run at it. Um, so congratulations to him and his family and for the fact that he's been able to stay healthy for that long. I mean, mm -hmm. he was incredibly durable during that, during that period of time. And, um, 
and I venture to say, I think he's a Hall of Fame player. I mean, he's got to have, what, 24, 25,000 points or so, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And uh, I, I think he's a Hall of Fame player for his contributions, what he did, how he played the game, and uh, just his longevity. I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible amount of time to play for uh for a guard and uh you know so hats off and congratulations to him he spent more of his life in the nba than outside the nba that says something about uh what a career he had and and if you look at um you know the accolades like you mentioned the points i think he's 22nd all-time in points in the nba obviously uh, you know that's something that people may not realize how much of a, a star he was early on in his career the dunking has always been a great thing but vince carter had post moves he expanded his game to the three-point line uh, he and jason kidd were two guys i felt like with their careers they aged so gracefully they were able to find different ways and different spaces on the floor uh, to thrive and, and i've always enjoyed watching them play and yeah we wanted to shout out to vince sanity and, and bj we have a great guest today that we talked to in chicago I call him the master of the mid-range. He's a guy, Alex English, from South Carolina, and uh, he, he was a great interview for both of us, and I know you and I both enjoyed talking to him in Chicago. Yeah, no, Alex, he could, he could put that ball in the basket. He was a, he was a score scorer. He was a walking bucket. He could just <laughs> put that ball in the basket. I mean, he just figured it out, always in great condition up there in Denver. And uh, besides being a wonderful basketball player and, and he is a even better person, he is the best. So um, it is my pleasure uh, every time I see him and I'm so happy he was, he came on our show and, and, and came on our show, shared his experience and um, you know, what a great guy. All right, before we get to Alex English, let's get a word from our sponsor. Meal time. It's coming. So what's it going to be today? Gas station hot dog? frozen microwave mini meal soup from an envelope or are you ready for something uncommonly delicious like the famous hook and ladder sub from firehouse subs the hook and ladder is one of our most popular subs for good reason we start by piling your sub high with freshly sliced smoked turkey breast and virginia honey ham then we top it with melted monterey jack and then oh man it's served piping hot in a perfectly toasted roll this is no ordinary sub this is the melt-in-your-mouth meaty masterpiece. The hook and ladder from Firehouse Subs. Save time and order yours on the Firehouse Subs app or on firehousesubs.com. And we'll have it hot and ready to go at our rapid rescue-to-go area inside Firehouse Subs. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. And let's get to it. Here it is. Alex English. We are sitting across from the king of the mid-range, a man, if you remember, the Denver Nuggets from the 80s, Mr. Alex English. Uh, Mr. English, how are you? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Well, he says the king of the mid-range. <laughs> this man was a walking bucket. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I saw this. Before that was even before, a phrase. Before that was a phrase, you know. And now I'm watching the game. And, look, you scored a lot of baskets in mm -hmm. your life. And now you see the game play now where they're shooting threes. Mm-hmm and layups <laughs> what do you think of today's game today and in your era because two is two two points is two points but yeah. now we have an <laughs> emphasis on a three-point game but here's a man that scored what 20,000 30,000 26,000 that sounds like 30,000 yeah, yeah, yeah. 30, <laughs> round it up round it off yeah, 30,000 30, points yeah tell me about today's game and what you see from a mentality of a score a real mm -hmm. true score mm -hmm. well I I I enjoy the game uh, some, uh, but everybody is not uh, 
everybody's not good three-point shooters. And, you know, I think now the game is more focused on the analytical part of the game. Uh, and they say if you, you know, three is better than a two, uh, you know, I care to differ. Uh, we scored, we averaged 120 points to the Denver Nuggets uh, for probably eight, nine years. Mm. Teams, I don't know if the top team in the league averages 120 <laughs> points a year, a game. Uh, and we did it with a lot of twos, a lot of uh, mid-range jump shots. We had three-point shooters, but the, the three-point game was not as prevalent back then. So we had to do a lot of layups, and, and our style was different. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think one year we, we I think we're still the, the highest scoring team in the history of the NBA as far as the highest scoring game mm -hmm. against the Detroit Pistons, 186-184. So, uh, <laughs> What's your numbers? Just by the way, what were your numbers in that game? I, I was not, there were a couple of guys that scored a lot more than I did. I only scored like 48. No. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I don't really, really. I don't remember. It was it was close, but I think uh, somebody scored fifty. And Isaiah played in that right, game. Right. Vinny Tom, Vinny uh, Johnson. So there were a lot of guys that scored a lot of points. And it was uh, uh, of course it was three overtimes, but I think at the end of regulations it might have been in the one thirties, maybe one forty. So it was uh, a lot of points scored. And you don't score a lot of, you don't average 120 points by shooting a lot of threes. We, we didn't anyway back right. then. So now they, you know, the game is, and, and the one thing about the game today is that it's picked up in the last couple of years. You mm -hmm. see people, they're pushing the ball up the floor and they get into what they call a flow offense. Mm -hmm. That was our offense. We did that, you know, the whole game for 48 minutes. We were minutes. the flow. Mm -hmm. We were the flow. We did that the whole game and teams didn't want to see that because it's, when they came into Denver or whenever we went somewhere else, they knew they had to be ready to play because we were going to be getting the ball out of the net, not waiting for the official. We get it out of the net and we're going and we're pushing it up the floor. And if the guy's, on, if the guy's open, you pass it to him and he gets a layup, he gets a mid-range jump shot. Uh, nobody were, you know, if you were wide open, you weren't going to run to the three-point line and <laughs> say, okay, let me shoot a three. Right. It was it was the original primary break, right? That's what we you know in North Carolina, yes. right? They they run the primary break. early break. We, we, yeah, we and we saw George Carl go to Denver and then mm -hmm. run that in the the two thousand. So well, George Carl didn't run. The, our, our offense came from Doug Mo. Yes, 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 yes. George another Carl, Carlina guy. Yeah, the, our our offense the way it's the, the way it's set it was set was that you put everybody up at the free throw line, mm -hmm. spread them out up at the top, and you could get back doors, uh, so teams couldn't like just wait for you and once they we entered the ball we were cutting and moving so hard and so fast that it was it was tough is, is it hard to watch isolation basketball like as much as it is now just knowing about back cuts and knowing about the screen like all these different things that are you know fundamental basketball right it seems like not yeah that they've phased out of the game but it's just different so it, is it nice to go back and watch those games and see those plays and say oh that's that's the game i love that, it's that's good it right to go there. back and watch some of the old school basketball mm -hmm. bj was playing with the chicago Bulls, <laughs> but, you know you old school i like that yeah, like yeah. but you know it wasn't it wasn't now it's kind of hard to Watch guys, you pass the ball up the court and they step behind the three-point line to shoot a shot. Mm -hmm. And I guess if, if, if they're that great of a shooter, it's okay. But then you, you have guys that are isolating the ball and the other guys are just standing around waiting. They just, you know, as a basketball player myself, I want to be involved. I want to be a part of what's going on on the floor. And you don't get that as much today. 
Has, I've always admired from afar the type of condition yeah. you and those teams were in. Like, what did you guys do? Because I remember my first game plan in Denver. I about passed out. <laughs> that was the altitude. Well, it was the it was the way the we played too. The condition you must have been in yeah. to play that style. Okay, look, everyone talks about they want to run and it's fun to play, but, but you got to be ready. You got to be mentally when, when focused. I, yeah, too. when I when I tell you you guys were in incredible condition, I mean, I don't care where you were playing. Mm -hmm. It takes a certain amount of effort and energy yeah. to bring. What type of condition were you in in that? peak or in your prime of your career to be able to play play that style of basketball? Uh, that was probably during the era that I was in the best shape of my life. But what what happened prior to getting to the season, you had to get yourself conditioned during the summertime. And once we started training camp, you know, training camp back then, maybe two weeks, but mm -hmm. you started training camp from the second, third day that you're there, Doug Mo put in our offense and we were just like ping pong. We were just running up and down the floor. And that was our conditioning. Uh, and it, but it was conditioning within the framework of the game. Mm. Uh, pass, cut, that type of thing. It's a different level of conditioning, obviously. But I want to ask about the era that you were in. So in 1988, 32 years ago, we come back to Chicago for the All-Star Game. You're mm -hmm. here for the All-Star Game. And right. That, uh, tends to be like a moment that people point to because we had Jordan versus Dominique and you, yep. you know you went to South Carolina those guys are both from North Carolina so when you were watching that dunk contest and, and watching that battle between those two guys in the moment you know you're there with Fat Lever what were you guys thinking you know just watching these two guys battle I was just out? enjoying it dude. that was like <laughs> one of the best slam dunks <laughs> slam, slam dunk competitions ever uh -huh. other than when Vince Carter was in it but you know, to see those two guys go at it. And I still personally feel like Dominique might have won. Oh, I, read, oh, I yes. got a certain yes. So I ran into Dominique yesterday, and I asked Dominique, I said, hey, man, you finished second here. And Dominique went yeah. off for 15 yeah. minutes. It was great. Dom <laughs> oh, he remembered every dunk, yeah. everything. Oh, Dominique, man, he was off the chain. It was, But they were both great. Mm -hmm. But I, I felt like he won. But, you know, the one thing I remember about that All-Star game, that it was the coldest I'd ever been in my life. <laughs> and that was before this All-Star game. Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, one degree today, and then that, it was negative oh, 22, right? Neg yeah, yeah. It, it is so cold out there. But, you know, people are here, and they're enjoying it. Mm -hmm. It's uh, You know, this is one of the best cities in the world. Uh, but that was an All-Star game to remember. And you got Magic on the floor. You got Larry yeah. Bird there. I mean, oh, you go back and look at the rosters, it's like, Man, I played with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's legends. It's, it's, you know, it's simple as all that. Hall of Famers, probably. Yeah, oh, pretty yeah. much, pretty For much. Sure. Uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to this weekend, the All Star Game? Is there any young guy that you point to that you're like, that's someone that I'm, you know, invested in, or someone that I like their game, or is it just more of, hey, let's enjoy it and let's just, you know, continue being a legend like you are? Yeah, just just watching and uh, just hanging out, meeting some of the guys that yeah I played with and against, and seeing them and uh, seeing where their lives are now and talking with them. Uh, so that's what the all-star event is for me. You know, the other parts of it is mainly for the guys that are in the league now, the young right. guys. And, and I wish them all the luck in the world, all the wonderful things in the world, and they should enjoy it. They should embrace it. Mm -hmm. They should enjoy it because 
they're going to be like me one day. They're going to be on. Uh, <laughs> they're going to be a legend. Hopefully, they're going to be talking lucky, about. Like they're going to be talking to you on the radio about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you remember when I was playing an All Star game in Chicago, twenty twenty? Yeah. You know, I mean, I think about some of the All Star games, and I remember Marvin Gaye singing the national anthem oh. in oh. L.A. Yeah. You know, so Man. those are those are the kind of memories that you take away from the All-Star game. Did you know that was special then? Did you just know when you heard it? Oh, when he came What did it sound like live? Oh, live. Can you sing it for us? Or? No, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I, can't. I can sing, but I can't try. But just that, you know, it started out with that little low beat. Right. And then he started getting into that Marvin, and then the, the crowd started just, you could feel the crowd oh, just waiting, good. and then it just, he just got into his Marvin Gaye sound, and. At the end, people were just standing up because it was just so awesome. And I got to watch it live. Unreal. It Unreal. is one of those things where it's yeah. a special moment yes. when you're in the building. And then if you go back and watch the tape, it looks like, you know, it was a tape cassette. You know, you mm -hmm. can't even believe how pure it sounds coming out of his voice in, right. that, in that clip. So that's a very cool moment. Um, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, uh, it's my pleasure. We wish South Carolina the best also in basketball. Well, Number one win. women's basketball team. We're going to win the women's championship. There you go. And uh, we'll be in the final four of the men. There you oh, go. Lock it in. There so you go. We, we're doing what we did a couple of years ago, and we had Asia Wilson. There you oh, go. all right. So there. just look for us. Hey, mark go that ahead. down. We got Frank Martin going back to the Final Four, and Don Staley becoming the best coach in women's college basketball. Alex English, he said it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Right, Appreciate thank it. Thank you.